Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. First serve tennis sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis. At sunblessunscreens.com.au And GLG Greenlife Group, your open space specialists. At glgcorp.com, the first serve, your home of tennis. Welcome to another big edition of the first serve. It is certainly your home of tennis. Uh, Brett Phillips with you for another week. Uh, plenty on the menu tonight. Aussies lifting trophies around the world. We certainly like that. Uh, French Open qualifying week underway. PTCA and AATC will tell you all about that and what that stands for very shortly. You can join the conversation on the Tennis Direct text tonight, 0433981116. Tennis Direct is Australia's favourite online tennis store. Fast delivery, great prices, free delivery on orders over $150. Visit tennisdirect.com.au right now. You can get that 10% discount store-wide using the promo code FIRSTSERVE10. Sits a bus in seventh heaven in Lyon. A seventh title for the world number five. And he extends his lead at the top of the race to Turin. He's won more matches than anyone else. And you can see why. He was phenomenal this week. Very few got close to him. As he gets the better of Cam Norris. 6-3, 6-3 in an hour and nine minutes of near-perfect tennis, in truth, from the Greek. The second title of his career, and he has looked absolutely first-class from beginning to end. A straight-sets final between two players of the future. The present, though, belongs to the Norwegian. Konyuk, I think, is having to retire here. The injury that she has suffered is going to be too much, I think. This is the end of the tournament and the end of the road for Ladies Anya. Ladies unfortunately, Ms. Konya has to retire due to injury. And what a sad end that is. And that will do it. All smiles. Coco Goff, the champion in Parma. Uh, indeed, she was the champion, uh, Coco Goff in Parma on the weekend. What a star. Reward for your hard work. It is... Come in the last week, as you heard off the top, for uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas uh, winning his seventh APT, uh, ATP title in Lyon. Uh, most match wins of anyone in 2021 on the men's side. 33 already. 6-3, 6-3 over Cam Norrie from, uh, of course, uh, Britain. Uh, still with a bit of that Kiwi accent. The lefty, he's improved a lot. Knocked out the top seed, Dominic Team at the start of the week. Uh, Tsitsipas' level was very high, though. Two clay court titles heading into Roland Garros next week. So for Norrie... Uh, 74 to 45, the rankings jumped this year for him. Second time runner-up this year, a very much improved player. Now, Germany's uh, Tim Putz and Monaco's Hugo Nice, put a couple of names together, won the doubles. Uh, Aussie pair, uh, Matt Ebden and JP Smith made the semis. Casper Rude, you heard there in the commentary. 
winning Geneva. A second ATP title, both on the clay, 7664 over Dennis Shapovalov, 16 in the world, very good clay court period. Semis Monte Carlo, Munich and Madrid, and now the title. Great progression. Unfortunately, we've learnt since that Shapovalov has pulled up pretty lame post that match and has withdrawn from the French Open with a shoulder injury, which uh, personally I'm very, very disappointed about. Not forgetting that Roger Federer uh, returned briefly. Lost in three to Pablo Andahar, another Swiss, though, to keep an eye on. A young kid by the name of Dominic Stefan Stricker, who made the quarters. Watch out for uh, another Swiss, uh, maybe not quite to the level of Roger. Long way to go, but he's showing some potential. Uh, the first of our Aussie mentions, John Pierce uh, teaming up with uh, Michael Venus to win the Geneva Doubles. Fourth title together, 6-2, in the final. Uh, great follow-up from their, uh, of course, semi-final in Rome the week before. Coco Goff, you heard there in the commentary, seventh teenage champion of 2021 on the WTA Tour. Winning in Palmer, 6-1, 6-3. Career high, 25 now at just 17. Became the youngest woman to sweep the singles and doubles at a WTA event since Maria Sharapova, 2004, Birmingham. A junior French Open champion. It's certainly a great lead into Paris uh, next week. Uh, Spain's Paula Bedosa, a first WTA title, defeating the injured Anna Conju, as you heard there in the commentary. She had all the dramas with covid here in Australia, since then, has put together a very nice body of work. 70 to 34 rankings jump, two semis, Charleston defeated Barty, Madrid, and now the title. And how about this young man, Carlos Alcaraz? You know him by now. We mention him every week on this show. 18-year-old Spanish whiz, won his fourth ATP challenger, inside the top 100 for the first time to 94. So he's jumped uh, 397 spots since the start of 2020. The Nasi Kokonakis, the second of our Aussie mentions. He won the ATP Challenger in Biella, beautiful part of northern Italy. Uh, fourth of that level, first on clay since 2015. Left Australia ranked 241. He's now at 180. So the great news is, is that we're seeing him play quite a bit in this last uh, three-month period. There is no doubt if he can stay fit and healthy, he'll be back in or close to the top 100 by year's end. To the third of our Aussie mentions. Now, last week on the show, we had Tom Fancutt and Jeremy Beal on after winning the doubles at the ITF event in Tunisia in their return to the tour. This was uh, Tom Fancutt on the show last week. Because we're definitely in the headspace where we want to travel together and, you know, keep playing singles and just keep trying to push a doubles ranking up because, you know, we're 100% the level to be top 100 doubles players. And we know that it's our sixth title together. You know, we're only going to keep getting better. Keep getting better? What a weekend. Now, over the weekend, they turned six wins as a pair into seven, backing up in Tunisia. They also had a great week in singles, Jeremy reaching the final of the 15K event and Tom the semis. Can they keep bringing the level? We're going to watch this with uh, great interest. Now, Chris O'Connell has returned to the tour after being sidelined with that ankle injury since Miami, that gruelling match he played there. Two qualifying wins over the weekend. Sees him in the Belgrade 250 main draw this week, leading into the French, where he has received the reciprocal wild card, Astra Sharma, on the women's side. So we'll keep an eye on Chris. He's playing later on tonight. There's UTRs going on in Adelaide for the men and the women. Just got some news through that Carlos Elcarez has already got through to the second round of qualifying for the French Open. I need to feel, Mickey, I'm at Paris uh, right now with that magnificent theme music of Roland Garros. Gee, I'd love to be back there, but we are stuck right here in Australia. Right now, French Open qualifying is underway. 12 Aussies, 6 men, 6 women competing for a main draw berth this week. Arena Roddy and I will be out on court very shortly. 
Also, out on court very shortly will be Alex Vukic, the Sydney cider, via college in the US to the Pro Tour. The world number 208 is about to jump out on court very soon. Now, I caught up with him over the weekend, returning to the scene where he qualified for his first Grand Slam main draw in September last year. It makes it feel a lot more comfortable. I remember just even walking to the hotel, it's just, it's a, it's a way better feeling. I think when you go back to any tournament that you've done well in, you feel more comfortable and just a bit more settled. So um, I feel excited. I feel excited to play. Hopefully it's a little warmer this year than last year. I remember last year playing in like 11 degree rainy conditions. So um, hopefully it's a little warmer this year. Um, but yeah, really excited to step on the course. And just take us through just your, your sort of health and fitness at the moment because you have had a little injury in the last uh, little while. We saw you having to withdraw from your, your last match uh, a week or so ago. Just tell us uh, what sort of shape you're in. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a bit of a struggle um, the last month in terms of the injuries. I think, um, I think it all started actually in split in the quarterfinals there. Um, I got into quarters and then the night before I had a pretty bad blister on my foot and uh, wasn't really able to move in the quarters. Um, so then took almost a week off and then tried to play the week after with not really fully recovered blister and, and I hadn't really trained for a week and it wasn't a smart idea. And then I actually strained my hamstring. So then I've been dealing with that for the last three, four weeks. So um, it was actually fine for the last tournament through qualifying, but then I did hurt it again. Um, in the first round against McDonald's. So it's fine again now, but it's something I have to manage. Um, I don't think the clay helps with all the sliding and stuff. So I think it's just something I'm going to have to manage. It feels good now. Um, I've been training the last five days, six days, and I've got a few more days now to prepare. So, um, yeah, just trying to manage it day by day. We're talking so, to you in your, your hotel room there in, in Paris. So tell us a bit about the team around you. Who, who's on the road with you? Are you doing this solo in parts? Is there a team with you in other parts? So give us a bit of a feel of uh, Team Vukic. Yeah, well, right now it's pretty much by myself with – a few contacts in the US or or back back home, but I was traveling with someone that I've been with that was helping me at Aussie Open and then and then throughout. But when I got hurt, it was kind of like I think it was best you know for him to do his own thing and then uh, for me to try to get healthy and 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 do that. So right now it's it's really by myself, but it's still I mean I'm looking also for for coaches and stuff like that. But I am in contact with you know always my college coach from back home, a few of the coaches back in Sydney and in Australia and then always my parents so it's 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 alone but it's not it's not too bad and you've played in quite a few of the challenges this year where there's a, sort of a contingent of Aussies so does that sort exactly. of help exactly, uh, yeah. in you know, life on the road in this sort of nomadic sport yeah so much um so much I think where was it in in Biela you know we had Balti and and, yeah. and Tanasi and and then in in higher run, I had Pullman, so it was it was it was, it was great. So it was just you had you had someone there, and you have it, it does help a lot compared to when you're just by yourself by yourself. So um, just having one or two other Aussies there changes the week. Able to jump inside the top 200 for the first time last year, and and really sort of announce yourself. And you know, it's been that nice sort of incremental growth since you turned pro back in 2018. It's not an easy path. You've gone and done some really really hard yards. 
cards and now trying to sort of get to that next step, which is you know, not an easy step. Just give us a, a feel of life out there on the tour. I wasn't that good going to college. I improved a lot over there. But then going from college tennis to, to pro tennis is, is, a, is a different animal. College tennis, you know, you could go, go months without losing, really, if because you play twice a week. And, you know, if you win twice, that's it. You don't stop, you know, so it's like, yeah, well, you just keep you just keep going. On the pro tour, you're probably going to lose every week, which is something that I didn't cope with really well, you know, especially because I had such high expectations coming out of college. And I remember my first my first trip, I went to Europe on, on the dirt. It was a bold, bold move coming from having not played for, for four or five years. And then I think I lost first or second round in, in qualities, three tournaments in a row and was just mentally done straight away after that and needed a break and it just kind of took me a while to to regroup and just take losses better and, and not not focus more on the short term but rather than the long term um, I think that was the main thing and just try to keep keep improving because the level's so close and it's 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 almost about who's mentally tougher most weeks mm. and who who can just go on because there's always there's always some differing factors I mean you got COVID that's ruining a lot for a lot of people and not many people are in a perfect frame of mind right now so it's more of a mental battle out there I mean, there's no shortcuts as we know. It's probably one of the most sort of brutal gladiatorial one-on-one sports tennis, but the peak fitness you've got to be at just to compete week in, week out is huge, isn't it? It's, it's as much that as working on your game technically. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's I think, especially on the clay. I think the clay just yep. really emphasizes that. And it's just so many guys here that grow up in Europe, they know how to play on this. Any guy you play here, no matter what they're ranked, no matter their wild card, especially if, especially if they're qualified, they're actually quite dangerous. They're going to make you work for it. So it's, it's going to be even tougher. I think that's why a lot of Aussies are pretty excited for the grass course as well but there is one more tournament to be played at the French Open so um, I'm hoping to do quite well there. That is uh, Alex uh, Vukic. Uh, the full chat we're going to put up on our website and socials uh, this week so look out for that a comprehensive look at his entire journey. Very very impressive uh, young man. We had a great chat on Friday. So also playing tonight Ellen Perez, Alex Bold and Mark Polmans to play each other. Bernard Tomic uh, from tomorrow Matt Ebden, Thanasi Kokonakis, Lizette Cabrera back. Uh, Storm Sanders good little stretch uh, for the first few months, Priscilla Hom uh, back. She hasn't played for quite some time. And Olivia Gadecki, of course, uh, getting uh, the wild card uh, there. Quick one on the SMS BP. Any updates on Barty's arm? Will she be right for the French? Now, I saw a little photo pop up on Craig Tyser's uh, Instagram yesterday. I don't know where they were. The backdrop was unbelievable, and Barty looked pretty sharp. She'll be totally fine. Uh, and that's why it was a good decision uh, to back out of Rome uh, when she did. PTCA, AATC. I'll tell you all about that next on the First Serve. First Serve Tennis Sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis. At sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Greenlife Group. Your open space specialists. Providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia. At glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to The First Serve. A Monday night, we're covering the world of tennis. French Open qualifying, going on a big week to make it into a Grand Slam and we'll follow all the Aussies with great interest. Also on our socials, our website, thefirstserve.com.au. Uh, Greg's in Strathbogie. Uh, Greg, it's uh, great to have you on the show. Uh, thank you very much. To be able to hear about all the Aussies out there battling... Everyone knows who Ash Barty is, but to hear these guys out there, I just had an idea for you. Yep. And that would be that tennis nuts like me could somehow through SEN and First Serve and yourself encourage those people, sponsor them, 
if you and I go to the local footy club here or go down to Violet Town, you can actually sponsor a player and you can sort of in some way encourage that confidence if it's a young kid going into first grade or whatever it is. Yep. And there'd be heaps of people uh, who are tennis nuts, you know, guys who've travelled themselves um, and found those battles that would find a, a lot of enjoyment out of supporting someone who's out there on their own. Great call. Right. Thank you, Greg. Uh, appreciate it. And stay tuned. Second half of the year, we're sort of announcing something in that space that the First Serve is trying to create. And and I think as you'll gather from this show, our social media, we, we, we've decided to make a call. We're covering every single Australian from the top all the way down the ecosystem. They've all got an interesting story to tell. They're all on different journeys and we're going to cover them all. So uh, we will tell you more about that. Peter's in Sydney. G'day, Pete. Second half of the year... Peter, you just need to turn that radio down, my friend. Yep, that's all right. Yep. Here we go. Hello, Brett. What do you got for us? Yeah, I just in relation to Isla Tomjanovic. Yep. What, what do you think is stopping her progression? I've, I've, studied, I've studied, I've closely watched her for about six or seven years now, and with her ground strokes, I see a top 20 player, I at agree. least. I agree. Look, I've got to be honest, and I've said this a few times, I find her the most frustrating player to watch from an Australian perspective. I think Isla should be ranked a lot higher than what she is. And let's let's face it. I mean, technically, there's not a lot that separates a lot of these players. Her backhand, I think, is first class. She looks really solid off the ground. That match she played against Halep at the Australian Open, I mean, she should have beaten her. And she's in a lot of those matches where she's so close and then just makes a couple of really bad errors. I think it's the mental side as well that she'll need to keep working on. But, you know, she's tipped over sort of the other edge now, 27 What's the upside for Isla from here? I mean, there's a lot of good players playing good tennis in their 30s. So there's a lot of her tennis career to go, but I think she should be certainly top 50 at least uh, for mine, Isla Tomlanovic. So we'll see how she goes at the French Open. But in the studio, following International Coaches Week last week, two men who eat, sleep and breathe tennis who are at the coalface of the game. Two of the most comprehensive resumes I've come across. Paul Cleveland, of course, a lifetime in tennis, on and off the court, director of court coverage, original partner, I've got to say, when this show started many years ago, executive member of the Professional Tennis Coaches Association here in Australia, also involved at the Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, manages three tennis clubs and centres here in Melbourne, South East, in Cranbourne, Narry Warren and Clyde. It's great to have you, Paul, uh, back in SCN uh, since, I reckon, what, about a decade ago you were involved with us. Yeah, thanks, Brett. I definitely uh, lost a few hairs since then, but it's always <laughs> great to be here and uh, great to hear your show. And like the other callers say, it's great to hear what's what's happening right around. And I think one of the clubs you're involved in is celebrating uh, a big milestone this year. Yeah, the uh, Cranbourne Tennis Club located in Casey Fields has uh, hit 100 years, established in 1921. So it's a big year for the tennis club and happy to be back on the courts again. Absolutely. And Linton Joseph is in the studio tonight, CEO of the Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, long-time head coach, author of the 53 Essential Tennis Drills for Beginner to Advanced Players. And a couple of other things that I noticed, uh, Paul, on uh, Linton's resume, very impressive. He might get a few calls just from the uh, punters on SCN tonight. Uh, marriage celebrant. And Elvis tribute artist, if you don't mind, Linton. Great to have you in the studio. Oh, th- thanks, Fred. It's uh, I'm actually stoked, stoked to be here. I feel really humble that you've given us a chance to to talk about the AATC. Journey. I was with my uh, uncle last week, who's mad Elvis. Yeah. Like when I grew up, he just would sing Elvis tracks all the time. So we might have to tap into this a little bit later on. Paul, have you seen any of this uh, sort of stuff from uh, Linton? Uh, I have seen a couple, but I, I've also <laughs> been. He's also been known to be a bit of an Andre Agassi lookalike too. So uh, he's he's got a lot of bases covered out here. Taking on a few uh, a few guys. Um, guys, a bit to talk to you about, and we, we actually spoke quite a bit off air 
over Zoom chats uh, last year, as I did with many, many people in tennis. And I, I love meeting so many people at the coalface who this is your livelihood and you're passionate about the sport. And, you know, we try and pull it apart on a weekly basis. We talk about the positives. I'm here because I love tennis. Uh, it's a great sport, aesthetically to play, to watch, to be involved in. But uh, it's not it's not perfect like every every sport and uh, governing bodies like Tennis Australia, the AFL, uh, Football Federation Australia, they all cop their whack uh, from uh, from time to time and and exactly what their role is. But I want you to just paint, Paul, if I can start with you, just the, the tennis picture in Australia as you see it through your lens, which is a different lens than what I would see it. Yeah, um, I, I see tennis at the moment. I think it's 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 obviously a little bit disjointed and by that disjointed i mean all the stakeholders as in clubs coaches associations regions the governing bodies uh, the the gel isn't quite there and you know it's easy to complain and, and knock people i'm not here to do that but i just see it as disjointed but i also see tennis right now as very exciting times we're coming out of covid at the moment and hopefully we can stay like that but tennis is a great sport to play yep. and the conditions, I think everybody is really embracing that. And I see a bit of a surge at the moment at grassroots level and I hope we can, you know, get that right. And I believe there is a lot of things happening that is trying to put in the right track, but yeah, disjointed, I would say, but with very positive, you know, future. Linton, just your lens, you've been involved in the sport for a long time. So you're out there day to day, just living and breathing and talking to so many people involved with so many people. How do you just view that the tennis scene here in Australia. Yeah, I'll probably share a similar view to Paul in the sense that he's a little bit fractured out there. But at the same time, if we go back to basics where we focus on competing teams, yep. associations, you know, friendships, community, just, just what we used to do, why we why we got involved in the sport. And, and if we can reach out to all of that, then we're, we're in a better place, I think. So I want to explore the, the, the two organisations that you're involved in. So the PTCA, Paul, the vision to advance the business and standards of tennis coaching for participants to gain more enjoyment from interacting and playing the game. Why was it set up and what what do you feel has been the advantage of creating the PTCA? Yeah, the PTCA, well, Professional Tennis Coaches of Association of Australia, and it's also got a you know bodies around around the globe. We really just, one purpose is coaches to help coaches. And, it, and it's actually evolved a little bit more than that. We're actually communicating a lot with associations and clubs. Um, but the main thing was coaches helping coaches and just to support coaches and mentor coaches. And, you know, sometimes we feel like we can't be heard, but rather than complain, I get out and do something and, and try and make a positive impact. And hopefully we do that. And what do you feel has been the most positive impact that group has uh, made? I, I think uh, just we, we actually just evolved uh, before COVID. And um, so we got struck down, but we did a few personal vault days. We did a lot of Zoom calls during COVID. Yep. Uh, but just uh, for me, that the really most rewarding part is the coaches that have reached out to us and really felt like that they wanted to be heard. And um, we've got quite a following and even the associations and clubs, just, just the actual interaction of people coming to us and saying, you know, it's really good what you're trying to do and what you're trying to achieve. And we're, we're just trying to achieve a positive outcome. There's nothing negative about yep, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Linton, the Australasian... Uh, of course, um, uh, Academy of Tennis Coaches. Tell me more about it. Take me inside a little bit. Uh, I suppose um, well, 11 years ago, well, you're 11 years young now, um, so the AATC, we'll call it for short, uh, yep. felt there was a gap in the market uh, as a business owner looking for, for staff, qualified staff. And, and even now, it's still hard to find appropriate staff because your staff are, are pretty much reflective of your business and your philosophy, your ethos, and, and what you want to develop within your, your own um you know, your own business. So um, we, set the, we set the company up in 2010 uh, to, to deliver coach education because what we found was 
we wanted to be a boutique organization. We wanted to teach trainee coaches how to coach as opposed to delivering programs. And for us, that's really important because, yeah, programs are great. And I can see what, what's trying to happen with that in terms of participation numbers. But if you can get back to actually hitting a tennis ball um, repetitively, providing that error detection and correction, that, that's really important for me. Mm. That's really important for AATC. Yep. Uh, and, you know, since December 2010, sorry, since December 2020, after COVID, we run 16 courses throughout the country and, and Singapore. We've trained 129 staff, of which 119 are currently in gainful employment because we do spend a lot of time when we get an enrolment is speaking to the actual enrollee to find out, hey, why are you here? Mm. What can we do? We speak to their mentors if they've got a head coach and, 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 and chat to them as to what they think they, their weaknesses possibly are and then get to a stage where by the end of the course, we can give enough confidence that they can go out there and, and apply their trade. I mean, the only difference between myself and, and someone who we're probably presenting to is the sheer fact that I've been on this earth a little bit longer than them. So yeah. I've had a chance to develop and yep. maintain a bit more um, experience. So you're endorsed globally and, and anyone who goes onto your website can see that and, and where it expands to, but not by Tennis Australia. And can you tell us why and and, and maybe the, the battle in, in that area to be endorsed here? Oh, look, it's a million dollar question. Um, our door's open. Our motto is is opening the door to tennis. Yep. and and that means we allow everyone to come in and, and we, we provide them as much opportunity as we can. Even, even parents who want to get some skills, some knowledge so they can teach their own children. And that, that's the way, the way it is. As far as um, not being endorsed, well, the, if I just look at the, our course facilitators and presenters, the calibre, um, we've got guys like you know, Andrew Hill in Sydney, mm. Rob Casey in WA, Frank Brunsmer in Singapore, um, Michael Robertson here, uh, Jason Linderman, Paul Cleveland, uh, that's just to name a few. And, and their experience is, is vast, vast in this industry. They're all business owners. They all run courses for us. But they're people that came to us, came to AATC. Yep. We never headhunted. So that, to me, that's the biggest endorsement, having your peers actually say, hey, I believe in AATC. I want to be a part of it. I want to be here for the journey. Paul and I turned 50 in COVID last year. And, and I still see another 40 years of leaving a legacy behind of AATC yep. and being a part of it. AATC is here to stay and the door's always open and we'd love to work with anyone and everyone that, that wants to work with us. So yeah, that million dollar question, um, could give out a prize to, to find out the answer, but, um, you know, th they've evolved in terms of different staff over the, over the years. So I can't comment too much. Can I ask you, and both of you can jump in here, just about the coaching fraternity here in Australia. I've met many coaches along the journey and just what their, their mindset is. I mean, is it where you think it should be in terms of developing best junior talent? Sometimes I'll hear on the grapevine or people will tell me that there's plenty of coaches sort of running tennis businesses, but are they doing, Paul, maybe the right thing in terms of tennis development, if that makes any sense? Yeah, it's, it's always a hard one. And development, you know, I think we're going through some changes now and they're doing a lot of reviews to try and change it. But I, I guess the structure keeps changing and, the, and the, the platform keeps changing. So it's very hard to, to gauge right at the moment. But uh, it feels like sometimes at the top, a lot of people feel like they miss out opportunities or there's too few at the top. Um, you know, how do they actually grade it? There's a lot of changes in our systems happening. Uh, so if some, a lot of people feel like they miss out, but it's not an easy thing to solve. I, I'm not going to say that, you know, I can come out. I don't have the answers, that's for sure. And over the years, you know, I did work with the elite a lot when I was younger, but now it's much more a grassroots business. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a tough one. <laughs> 
We'll get a break in. Uh, plenty more to pull apart with uh, Paul and uh, Linton in the studio. If you'd like to give us a call, uh, 1300 736 736. Our best caller for May gets the $150 voucher from uh, Tennis Direct and also the First Serve Tennis Sunscreen Pack. It's a sunscreen designed specifically for tennis. Sunblessedsunscreens.com.au. You can order yours using the discount code SEM. Back with more on the First Serve. First Serve Tennis Sunscreen, a quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Greenlife Group, your open space specialists at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to The First Serve. It is your home of tennis on a Monday night. Paul Cleveland in the studio. Linton Joseph, uh, the Professional Tennis Coaches Association of Australia and also tonight focusing on the Australasian Academy of Tennis coaches. Uh, both gentlemen have been in the sport a long time, a lot of passion. A few more questions to put to them in just a moment. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Anytime you call, we put you on. Angelito, uh, good evening to you. Hi, Brett. How's it going? Very good, thank you. Uh, just a question about Daria Gavrilova. So I see in socials that she seems to be staying put in Australia. And I'm just keen to know when she's actually going to be travelling to uh, play tennis. Yep. Um, I note that at the beginning of the year she had an excellent win at the Aussie Open first round against Cyrus Rebus Tomo, who's had an excellent 2021. So just uh, just seeing if you know uh, where she's at. Yeah, look, I caught her a couple of days ago with uh, young Andrew Harris, a young Victorian who's had uh, a really bad back injury, and he's been rehabbing with uh, Dasha uh, over the last a few weeks. Uh, just follow uh, Daria Gavril over on Instagram. That's a uh, that's daily entertainment. Uh, there's plenty going on in her world, in the TikTok uh, world, and everything else. I would expect in the second half of the year, Dasha will get back out on the road. So just got to get the body right. She needs the wheel. She needs her physicality if she's going to get out there and compete again. So. Yeah, I think second half of the year, but she's certainly in that rehab phase right now, just trying to get the body right. Angelito, hang on there. I'm going to put you back to Aaron. Uh, some first serve tennis sunscreen uh, coming your way. We'll put you into contention for the Tennis Direct $150 voucher. Gentlemen, a few more questions to put your way, and we can take this wherever you like. Um, I suppose the people who aren't in those positions of power, let, let's call them the, the little people, if you like. There's plenty, uh, Paul and Lyndon, who are passionate about the sport. Do you feel like they have a big enough say in the sport, the little person out there in Australia? Um, once again, it's it's very tough. I, I think they feel they don't, and um, there, there certainly is opportunities to talk to people, but it's, it's a matter of where it goes, I guess. And um, I, I guess not everybody does have the answers, and not everyone thinks they do. Um, so... You know, it can be a lot better, and I think you know communication is the key to everything. But if you can see some action, sometimes it certainly makes a little bit of difference. Uh, a bit of transparency is obviously a big thing for people, and you know, a bit of communication back goes a long way. And then it can often appease a lot of people if they do have angst. And yep. it's not all angst, though. There's a lot of positivity out there as well. Well, let's get on to some positivity about how we grow this great game that we love. So we are a, a, a proud traditional tennis country, but we're now competing against a a huge global market. I mean, I interviewed a young uh, player from Burundi in East Africa, the only player with a WTA ranking on the show here last week. So this this sport continues to stretch right across the globe. We're up against, you know, it's, it's such a competitive sport, but how do we grow the game in Australia to keep people in this sport socially for life, the sport you can play for life, and also give the chance for those who have got some elite capabilities a chance to make it on the world stage? Yeah, well, in my opinion... Um You've really got to focus on the grassroots, the clubs, the coaches, the associations, the regions. 
Um, the good players have to come from somewhere, event, like uh, originally. So r- really work on club facilities, really work on access, um, support the coaches and really get the coaches and club linked together. It's very important. Uh, but that sounds very simple. But And then obviously the pathways, I think a lot of associations and region gets frustrated. There's a lot of tournaments scheduled during competition matches, which really breaks it up. And a lot of those people that are playing those tournaments aren't really at the elite level. So yep. at, at some point, the ranking system will fall into line and it'll be nice and uniform and easy to follow. But you've got to have a real grade of tournaments, in my opinion, that, that the elite play more often and more of each other rather than the people who aren't really going to make it but are, are really want to be competitive and really want to see how far they can go personally. Uh, it, it makes a big difference. But to me, focus on the, on the grassroots, clubs, coaches, associations, regions. Yep. Linton, can I get your perspective on growing the game? Yeah, yeah, and also uh, establishing real real partnerships and relationships with council because each, each area is different and each need of each area is totally different too. So instead of having one rule across the board, having, having various different relationships, because, I mean, our expertise is actually building partnerships, mm. building relationships, community connections, and, and it's no different with the council. Uh, you find communicating with the council because they're, they're working on their infrastructure. They've got councillors coming and going. So that, that's a big part of the whole equation as well. And, and it goes back to what Paul said, the, 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 the future players come from somewhere. And it comes from the the clubs. Can you give me a feel out there? And I, I don't know, the more the more I've travelled, and I, you know, I look at players. For example, young Sato last week coming from Africa, who have been starved of tennis success. So for her, it's a way out of a a tough upbringing. She gets picked up Morocco ITF tennis centre, goes to the Moritoglu Academy, gets a scholarship, she gets a chance. Now, kids who come from uh, South America, you know, tennis is a way to a better life. They can support their family. Can you give me a bit of a feel into the psyche here where we, we've, we're lucky we live in a great country, arguably the best country in the world. We're spoiled for choice. Kids can play so many different sports and you know, they're not so reliant on that, um, you know, fostering their life. But our Aussies compete so well as well. I mean, any time you talk to a, a players around the world, the Aussies, they, they give it everything. John Millman's a great example. Demon Oil. We've got, you know, Barty's got all the skill in the world, which is a fierce competitor. Take us inside the mentality of our our youth here and what maybe you're observing or seeing. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting when you just look at the word talent and and people's opinion of talent and who's going to make it and who's not going to make it. It's a really big thing. And I think a lot of parents, maybe I'm not not sure if it comes from the coaches or where it comes from, but I think you've got to be as good as you can be in your own backyard before you expand. And you know, if you can really focus on being the best in your area, then it's time to move around. Maybe not the best, but you've got to have opportunities. If you've got a small area, I can I can see why people need to travel. But that, that's the first thing. And I'd love to see it get to a point where, you know, the areas best come out and then they come to to each other more often. So a bit more of a, a pyramid sort of structure in, in some degree. But um, yeah, to see people come through out of nowhere, it's just amazing stories. And it doesn't matter where they come from. It's always an amazing story, and it's you, you can't beat it. Yep. I just got this one on the text. Uh, can someone tell me why Australia only had two juniors, one boy, one girl in the top 100 ITF, and yet the Czech Republic with only 10 million people, no national academy, as we have, has four boys and eight girls top 100? I mean, they've been a great tennis nation. They keep producing uh, player after player. Uh, probably not a straightforward answer here, but how do you respond to that? Well, they have snow four months a year, don't they, or, or something like that? I mean, that's that, you can paint your own picture with those stats, I guess. They, they do have a, a lot of factors in their favour. They, mm. I mean, the, the court surface is probably a major factor. Uh, we, we've got a lot of disjointed court surfaces throughout Australia. 
they've got a lot of opportunities out there. They have more structured academies and and things like that as well. But there's a lot lot behind it. There might be a lot more support and funding as well behind those players as well to to get those opportunities. Can I get your own take? Paul McNamee is going to be here next week. I went to his book launch on uh, Tuesday, uh, Master Clay to Master Tennis. I think it's going to be a great read. I've got to get across that in the next uh, seven days. We were at Royal South Yarra last week, and they put in the, the green, the Hartrue courts, which obviously we see a lot, Linton, in America, not the red European clay. He believes that's the best surface. He was adamant at the book launch, that's the surface we should have here in Australia that's better suited to the Australian conditions. Um, Well, Paul joined AATC this year, so um, I'm not going to disagree with what he has to say, so I'd say (laughs) I I totally agree with, uh, with with that concept. But we need more clay courts, don't we? I mean, yeah, this of is, course. This is the, course. the surface that yeah. really makes you as a player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to be teaching all the different aspects of the game, the footwork, the variations, uh, you know, the now you've got the, the synthetic surface, you can just step in smack, step in smack. Mm. And, I, I think that's where the governing bodies can make a big difference. And, yep. and really, we talk about stakeholders and council being, I think, the most important stakeholder of all, but we really got to get that information across to councils if we want to develop players and Maybe not everywhere, but, you know, regions could, could have a, a bank of courts like that would be awesome. Linton, tell us about some great courses you've got uh, coming up at AATC. Okay, so we've got courses set for, for Melbourne, Perth uh, and Sydney and, and, and Singapore. We, we're going to be opening up in Queensland and, and Adelaide and Tassie, but we're just waiting on the right presenters to deliver those. Um, our courses are quite cheap. Uh, the cheapest courses going around. We get a membership gift, your online resources, you get your members directory. And even even coaches who want to join, come and join. We're under two hundred bucks. You'll get your insurance as well, and uh, we'll recognise current certificates. That's pretty much what we what we'll be doing. Um, our website's aatc.tennis as well for anyone interested. Okay, go and uh, check that out uh, during the week. Now, Paul, I know you're very passionate about uh, seniors uh, tennis. Are you still having a hit? Um, no, I've lately I've uh, the body's breaking down, but I'm always planning the com- next comeback. So. I might join. Nice. There is a tournament at South Yarra coming up, an oh, ITF no. tournament. So check out okay. the ITF uh, seniors calendar. But yeah, seniors has always been a, a passion of mine, and I don't think I think it's underestimated the value of seniors in, in the continuation of tennis in Australia. Like if you've got a lot of these old men and women out there battling along, but they've all got kids, and most of them have even got grandkids. And if they're playing tennis, you can just imagine the flow-on effect that has. And mm. you know, I really think I would love to see the governing bodies. They do support tennis seniors, but I'd love to see them really get behind it a bit more and. Keep it good at both ends. So you've got the the grassroots. We've got to keep growing and, and keep the seniors in the game as long as we can. And, and the middle the be healthy. Yeah, part of the sport we love, isn't it? I mean, you, you go past any tennis club and uh, whatever day of the week and whatever age, this is the great part about tennis. You know, we see Phil Mickelson winning golf at the uh, ripe old age of 50. I mean, you can keep playing tennis, Linton, until you, uh, you can't stand vertical and upright. Right. It's, it's amazing how quick the uh, the uh, gentlemen at Kuyong start going once they get on that tennis court. It oh. takes them a while to get there, but once they get on that court, they are moving around They're like as else. They're competitive, I tell you what. Uh, thank you, gents, uh, for coming on. I know it's gone pretty quick. We've tried to cover as much ground as we can. I reckon there's probably a part two, a follow-up here. Let's keep the discussion going. You're very passionate about the sport. Check out the PTCA and the AATC. And this is something we'll continue Uh, to discuss on the first serve right throughout the year. The pathways, uh, the right way at grassroots level, talking to many people in tennis who only want the best interests uh, for the sport uh, going forward. Very nice work on debut. And if anyone wants to get married, uh, they can come and and find you. (laughs) Thanks, Brad. (laughs) Give us a little sample of any Elvis stuff going to the break. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, very nice. That's just a little, little sample. Uh, We'll take a break, come back uh, and wrap it up. A few bits to finish off with. 
First Serve Tennis Sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis. At sunblessunscreens.com.au And GLG Greenlife Group, your open space specialists. Providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia. At glgcorp.com The First Serve, your home of tennis. Another Monday night, it comes uh, by thick and fast. Uh, Jed Zitzer is my right-hand man at the first serve. French Open qualifying, Jed is underway and uh, no surprise, there's a bit of precipitation in Paris. The rain has arrived, BP, and it's uh, halted play. Arena Ruddy and over three love up in the opening set against Ankita Reina from India and uh, it's juice on Reina's serve and... Yeah, rain has halted play there, as per usual in Paris. Uh, you can never trust the weather there, BP. Uh, no, night sessions for the first time uh, from uh, next week for the main draw. Now, Alexander Vukic, we caught up with him at the start of the show. That full interview goes about 25 minutes. We'll put up on our socials and our website uh, this week. Now, he's taking on the player that played Nick Kyrgios, uh, first round of the Australian Open, actually pushed uh, Kyrgios, um, Frederico Ferreira Silva, of Portugal, the left-hander. So it's a, it's a tough one for Vukic. It is. He's a handsy player, but uh, I think Vukic might be speaking to his fellow Aussie Mark Polmans, who lost to uh, Ferrero Silva a few weeks back at challenger level in Prague. So maybe I would give him a few handy tips there. This one's going to be tough, but uh, Vukic, I'm backing him in and hoping he can get the job done. Speaking of Polmans, he plays Bolt, the two Aussies. Yes. Alex Bolt. Uh, he's had a bit of a horror run, hasn't he, since he left Australia. Uh, whether he can fire up here. How do you see that one going? Because Polman's has got back into a little bit of form, but he went through his own tough stretch uh, out on the road this year. Absolutely. These are two guys. This is a massive opportunity because both of them have been overall relatively out of form since leaving Australia. It's eight losses on the trot for Bolt and took Polman's a while to get going. But look, this is a big opportunity for one of them. I think Polman's is going to be very tough to beat, particularly on the clay. And if Bernard Tommy can get through his first round match, he'll be meeting the winner. Right. Who's he got? Arthur. He's got the, love, uh, love the French French, <laughs> French wild card, Arthur Fils. Fils. Yes. French <laughs> That's going to be a good one. We don't know what Bernie's quite going to produce. I've been following him on socials the last three weeks, so he's had about three weeks off just touring around uh, Europe. Yeah. and so he, We'll see what he produces. Tonight. Well, this is going to be a big opportunity for him because his opponent is ranked outside the top 1,000. Yep. He's one of the yep. French wild cards. Ellen Perez in. Maddie Inglis was named uh, last week. I was checking in with TA today. So she elected to stay home for a little while longer just to get herself right. And uh, Jason Kubler, uh, Paul Aitken, he'll be listening in. He's holidaying up on the Gold Coast. He was out at KDV Sport today. Jason Kubler was playing an AMT up there. I think he's in a final against Maverick Baines tomorrow. Hopefully we get to see him back out on the tour at some stage this year. What a talent he is, Kubler, yeah. with that body. Unfortunately, it's let him down a lot over the years. But hopefully there's another chapter of the Jason Kubler journey. Absolutely. And I mean, I would have loved to have seen, seen him out on the clay because that is really where he thrives. He loves the clay. It's much nicer on his knees, which have taken a battering. Now, we had Paul Vasalo, director of uh, Talent at Tennis Australia, on the show two weeks ago. A lot of questions came in after. I didn't, didn't get to this one. Uh, which came in from you out there. In the past, a zone and association head coaches were known to poach players to their own programs. How will you guard against this? If it does happen, what action should be taken? So the response from Paul at TA, each zone squad coach signs a contract for their service with many areas covered in that document. Uh, a part of that is understanding their position, the role they play, and that any type of poaching activity or communication will not be tolerated. I was previously an association coach for a few years, 
I was sometimes approached by a parent to coach their child. They were always met with the answer being no. I'm sure that the coaches we have involved now and the ones we will engage with in the future would do the same. So that was the last answer. I went through a couple of these other answers last week. What we're going to do uh, with the chat we had with Jackie Peroni, the Tennis Victoria president two weeks ago, there are a lot of questions that came in after that. I have got a response from Tennis Victoria. I'm going to run out of time to mention that. We're going to put that up on our website and our socials, thefirstserve.com.au and our socials throughout the week. So a lot around uh, Pennant, which has been a big talking point, having come back the last uh, few weeks. I know they're doing a just a little bit of a review of just some of the rules that they've uh, brought in in the last uh, week or two. So we'll put all that up on our website and our socials uh, right throughout the week. Uh, the show is... Come and gone uh, pretty quick. Uh, next week in the studio, Paul McNamee is going to be here uh, with his book, uh, Master Clay to Master Tennis. We'll have a great chat to uh, Paul. An extended show through to 9.30 uh, next week. We'll be over in Paris with Josh Gablich, our man, on the ground over there covering all the Australians. And uh, we'll go right in depth with uh, the French Open. And hopefully a few of our Aussies can get through uh, qualifying uh, this week and get a spot in the main draw. Uh, thanks to uh, everyone who's been listening in tonight. Thank you for your calls and all your texts. We'll do it again uh, 8 o'clock uh, next Monday night. Hit them beautifully. Keep an eye on our website and our socials. Have a great week, everyone. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.